Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Harditz, and today we continue our Fantasy File series with a look at the Dolphins starting quarterback, Tua Tagovailoa. You know, I'm still working on the last name, people. Year two, going to get this down, but truly, Tua, I mean, it wasn't that long ago that Tank for Tua was just all anybody could say, and I get it. Number one rated dual threat quarterback coming out of high school. He goes to Alabama, comes in at halftime of the national championship and wins it as a freshman. I understand he was not as you know dominant over the next two years, but my goodness, only losing the Clemson and LSU in games that you know weren't romps by any stretch of the imagination. I know the Clemson game got away from them a little bit there, but you know Tua wasn't ever really exposed at the collegiate level. We can talk about you know the wide receivers he was throwing to and how Mac Jones was able to outproduce him in the same system but man oh man like just as a prospect there was really nothing to be overly out on too he just never showed us any reason to be again from high school in the college throughout his entire career really playing football so I get it you know Joe Burrow's 2019 season combined with that ruthless you know hip injury that Tua had to have ended up leading the Burrow being the QB1 which a lot of people didn't see coming either way like Tua again from start to finish has been an elite QB prospect and I just want to say that because people seem to be forgetting just how highly thought of Tua was kind of going into the NFL. The hip injury was an issue. That wasn't the only injury or just issue he had to deal with going to last year, though. We had that. We had the fact that the COVID-induced offseason was the most messed up we've pretty much ever seen. Like, imagine being a rookie, not only coming off that awful hip injury, but then having to deal with learning a new NFL offense and team and just system while, you know, in the abbreviated COVID offseason. And then we just had the fact of the matter that this Dolphins offense really wasn't all that impressive anywhere you want to look at it in terms of just PFF grades. Uh, compared to the rest of the league. Pass blocking, they were 21st. Receiving, they were 17th. Rushing, they were 20th. And run blocking, they were 30th. So this just wasn't really all that great of an environment for any rookie QB to enter, you know, let alone one like Tua, where he was coming, again, off this horrific injury. But once we got to later in the season and Tua was out there, he just wasn't throwing the ball to anyone good, guys. I mean, I understand if you didn't watch every single Dolphins game last year, 10 and six record, they were, you know, legit contenders until the final week. But I just understand, you know, they're not the most national uh, team out there. With that said, like Tua was a lot better than you remember because he just did not get any help from his receivers. I mean, here were the wide receivers that he targeted in his nine starts last year. Devontae Parker, Lynn Bowden, Jakeen Grant, Mac Hollins, Isaiah Ford, Malcolm Perry, Preston Williams, Antonio Callaway. Look, I understand, you know, he had Jasicki and Gaskin out there too. Parker was great in 2019. I like Lynn Bowden more than most, but come on. Like, we're still talking about anybody's idea of a bottom five wide receiver room. I mean, Preston Williams is an undrafted guy who flashed in the preseason in 2019. He was even good in the first half of that year. But like these, like when we're having to go to these types of guys to try to talk up a wide receiver room, it tells you all you need to know kind of about the talent level. But with all that said, we need to answer the question, why was Tua outplayed by Ryan Fitzpatrick? 
metric in terms of PFF passing grade, big time throw rate, yards per attempt, adjusted completion rate. Basically, the only thing that Tua was better than Fitzpatrick at last year was limiting turnovers. I mean, he was at 3.1% turnover worthy play rate. You know, Fitzpatrick, ever the gunslinger, was all the way up there at 4.7%. But I'm just not super concerned with this because Fitzpatrick was an above average NFL QB last year. He was number nine in yards per attempt, number 12 in adjusted completion rate. Let's face it, the last three years with the Buccaneers and then with the Dolphins, Fitzpatrick, when given the opportunity, has been a very good quarterback. It didn't make sense for Tua to ever replace him in terms of, you know, the meritocracy that the NFL pretends to be uh, more times than not. But, you know, I'm not, I'm also not, you know, just terrified of Tua moving forward because he couldn't outproduce Fitzpatrick in year one in a bad offense, coming off injury in the most messed up offseason we can remember. So, no, Tua was not great last year. He wasn't really even good, but he wasn't bad. He was 25th in PFF passing grade among 44 qualified QBs. And again, I mean, just watching some of the film, the drops that they were dealing with, he had like a 90-yard touchdown potentially to Jakeem Grant just hit the dude like in the helmet, 50 yards downfield. Countless throws against the Chiefs uh, were dropped after he made some big plays. I mean, Tua did show, you know, flashes. And as someone that, you know, gives Drew Locke a lot of love, you can find flashes from almost any quarterback in the league. Even the guys, even our guy, uh, Sam Darnold, you know, you can find flashes for anybody realize Tua uh, was not, you know, this one guy that failed to do anything good last year. So the good news is, people, the issues last year, the injury, that's less of a concern than ever after he made it through, uh, you know, the season healthy and is now continuing to get even healthier. Not an issue. Ryan Fitzpatrick now a member of the Washington football team. The bad offense all of a sudden is looking a lot better, man. I mean, I wouldn't say the Dolphins are, you know, the most improved overall offense in the league, but man, I think they'd be on the short list, pretty much anyone's top five, because adding Will Fuller and Jalen Waddle, these two just ridiculously explosive players, it's going to just immediately force defenses to defend them differently. And Will Fuller, we've seen the impact of him in these offense, in an offense before with Deshaun Watson, who averaged 8.8 .8 yards per attempt with Fuller compared to just 7.6 yards per attempt without. I mean, even DeAndre Hopkins averaged more fantasy points per game with Will Fuller than without uh, when he was a member of the Texans on fewer targets because that's what Fuller does, man. That Having that speed on the outside, you know, even if you want to say that Fuller was a product of PEDs, he was a product of Deshaun Watson, I don't really agree with either of those statements, but even if that's your stance, at a minimum, Fuller on the outside is going to cause a bit more hesitation from safeties and defensive coordinators than, you know, Mac Hollins or Isaiah Ford or Malcolm Perry or any of these guys Tua had last year. And then we have Jalen Waddle, you know, number six overall, you know, getting all these Tyree Kill comps coming out. And it's, one, again, one of these things where if Waddle, like Fuller, are as good as they could be, like, my goodness, this offense is going to be freaking awesome. Even if Waddle, like, doesn't meet expectations, he's still probably going to be an underneath yak monster with underrated down the field ability. You know, what if he's like more Miko Hardman than Tyree Kill? Okay, like I, he's, I'm, I can guarantee you he'll be better than Miko Hardman. I'm not trying to, you know, please don't pull that quote out of their, uh, you know, graphic department. But even if he is not quite, you know, even if he's not in the same stratosphere as Tyree Kill, someone that good with the ball in their hands like Jalen Waddle is just going to improve this offense. So now we're going from Limbo in the Waddle. We're going from, you know, Preston Williams or Mac Hollins to Will Fuller. And that's just a lot more speed for defenses to deal with. So, you know, we also got the offensive line. At this point, they projected starting left tackle Austin Jackson, the left guard, guard Michael Dieter, and uh, right tackle Robert Hunt. These are all top 100 picks from the past three drafts. They added longtime Ravens center Matt Skura, you know, drafted uh, Liam Eichenberg in the second round this past year. 
they've been a bad offensive line, but you know, with this unit, similar like to the Bengals, like I'm not saying they're going to be great, but I think they've done enough there. They've invested enough high round uh, resources in the group over the past few years that we can at least expect them to probably start to approach mediocrity at a minimum in, in the upcoming years. So there's every reason to believe this, that the Dolphins have put a better offense around Tua. Now the question is, can Tua really, you know, help and enable and really push forward everybody else. And I guess that's the question I have most with him. I think Tua can be a good quarterback. Hell, even maybe a great quarterback in the right NFL system. We saw Jared Goff become a great NFL quarterback during a mostly large portion of 2017-2018 seasons when he had a great offensive line, playmakers, and and a great scheme. I mean, Blake freaking Bortles went to an AFC championship and, you know, wasn't exactly the reason why his team failed to uh, bring home the title. So, We've seen, in my opinion, far less talented quarterbacks than Tua propped up by their system, by their teammates. I do think that Tua is going to, you know, kind of be more of this sum of its parts QB than someone that's going to just carry an entire team. You know, we'll see. Maybe I'll be wrong. Again, last year's environment couldn't have been much, uh, you know, much worse for him. But at least for 2021, I'm concerned about his ability to be this game breaker, particularly in terms of fantasy land, which, of course, is what we want to focus on here on the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. And the biggest issue it's the rushing floor at this point in the nfl there's so many more quarterbacks that are willing and able to run than in the past that when we have someone like tua who last year was a game manager because they were a contending team where they didn't need him to really try to take over games they had a great defense and they just didn't really want tua to go out there and lose in the game but because of this, he only had more than 30 pass attempts in, I believe, three of his nine starts. Uh, yes, only, th- only more than 30 pass attempts in only three of his nine starts. In rushing, he had games with 35 yards, 24 yards, 28 yards. He can run. He's mobile, but... Man, in the other six games combined, he only totaled 22 rushing yards. I mean, this guy never had a game over 50 rushing yards at Alabama. He's, or maybe he had one, but either way, he's never really been a guy where if his first reason there, he's going to take off and run, which that's an admirable, if not great trait for a quarterback to have. It's just not that great in the silly game we call fantasy football. So for me, like, I don't care who you are. If you're not getting high-end passing volume or high-end rushing volume, you're not going to be able to put up big numbers. I mean, Tua is basically, you know, one of the comps he's gotten over the years is like a Russell Wilson. That's kind of the situation he's in, man, unless they really decide to open up the offense, which would make sense with the added talent. But then again, maybe not so much if they want to, again, try to lean in on this defense, but unlike Russ, obviously Tua has never uh, managed to demonstrate the sort of, you know, Hall of Fame efficiency that Russ has made uh, just a yearly occurrence, and we have seen nothing resembling Russ's consistent ability to pick up rushing yards. So Tua, I'm very bullish on his ability to improve his efficiency in 2021. I think he'll be a much better real-life quarterback. I'm still not sure he's someone we need to concern ourselves with too heavily in fantasy, and that's going to take us to our PFF Lily stat Guys, in his nine starts last year, here are his fantasy uh, weekly finishes. QB 26, QB 17, QB 15, QB 26, QB 21, QB 4, there we go, and QB 19, QB 31, and QB 17. Only really one even somewhat usable week out of him. I mean, okay, if we want to talk up the QB 15 performance, go, uh, you know, be my guest. But, man, not great. And even with the offense, likely to be better we want shootouts. We want guys like on teams, you know, Dak, Joe Burrow. We want uh, Ryan Tannehill. 
Russell Wilson, quarterbacks that are going to have trash defenses that are going to force the coaching staff's hand, and I'm not sure that's what Miami presents. So for me, my ranking for Tua entering this year is QB 22. Uh, he landed in my Tier 5 realistic path to success, but hardly a foolproof investment. I'm not too far down on him. His ADP over underdog fantasy is QB 19. Like, he, that's in the tier. If someone wanted to rank him as QB19, I'm not going to sit here and call you an idiot or anything like that. But with that said, I would take guys like Ryan Fitzpatrick, the big three rookies, you know, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, and even Baker Mayfield ahead of him. I just think all those guys have either a higher demonstrated floor, you know, Fitzpatrick and Baker have been fantasy stars for portions, even if fleeting uh, in terms of Baker, uh, small portions of their career. And the rookies, I think, all offer just higher rushing uh, upside than Tua. So I would take two ahead of guys like Sam Darnold, Carson Wentz, Zach Wilson, Daniel Jones, Big Ben, Derek Carr, and Jared Goff. Just not exactly someone that, you know, other than in your best ball, two, three quarterback lineups, I think you need to be prioritizing. In single QB leagues, I, I think you can let, uh, you know, someone else draft Tua or just fall into the free agency pool. It's a cheap stack to make in best ball, and I do think it's somewhat contrarian if you're trying to take down, you know, that million-dollar tournament. Like, there's not going to be probably a ton of Dolphin stacks, and you don't need to devote many uh, high-round picks to get them. With that said, uh, just don't really think that he's the sort of fantasy-friendly quarterback we should be chasing here in the year 2021. Hey, people maybe you think i'm wrong maybe you want to put your money where your mouth is so if you like fantasy football and if you like playing fantasy for money you need to check out underdog fantasy underdog's got everything including season long and playoff best ball best ball is a season long game where you draft the team like you normally do but that's it there's no in-season roster management underdog automatically selects your best performers each week saving you loads of time so go to underdog fantasy and deposit ten dollars using promo code pff and get a free pff edge and subscription that's promo code pff draft now underdog fantasy thank you as always for tuning in to pff fantasy football podcast podcast everybody i invite you to also check out our podcast network which covers everything nfl college and fantasy football recap the nfl draft with mike renner and austin gales two for one draft podcast or get all the 2021 betting content you need with the pff forecast through it all appreciate you listening to here uh if you want to see out some extended notes uh, that i've kind of been using to put together uh these podcasts check out my 100 questions 100 days article series i tweet them out every day at iheartits on twitter or just go over to pff.com so thank you as always for listening everybody i'm ian hearts until next time take care